Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. It is 8.30 a.m. in the morning here on the 18th of December. Welcome to the show. And we're talking about the risk of smoking. Thank you for joining me. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I hope everybody so far has had a really good weekend. It is Sunday morning, Eastern Standard Time at 8.30 here in Southern Ontario, Canada. I want to um, bring this up, this one one article um, that I actually um, just found... um, this morning and you know it really doesn't come to um any surprise um because even here in ontario the same thing is still continuing in in certain places and this has to do with um, bathroom access for truck drivers so I guess this was this article was just like from three days ago. And this new legislation in the United States would be the first time um, require commercial warehouses, retailers, and ports to allow truck drivers to use the restroom facilities when picking up or dropping off freight. And there are still some places where I even deliver to and pick up freight where they still have posted saying, sorry, no bathroom facilities for truck drivers. And this needs to stop. You know, this is just absolutely ridiculous. Maybe that's something that we need to do in, in here in Ontario and across Canada, if truck drivers are still, you know, experiencing that situation where companies are still posting no restrooms for truck drivers. Now this bathroom access act introduced on Thursday by the U S representatives, Republican, Texas, and a Democrat from Pennsylvania adds language to federal law to ensure such access. while while drivers are working. And, you know, we still hear from, from truck drivers too here, here across Ontario. Um, and in the United States, they say from, they, they've heard from countless drivers who have, uh, have been forced to hold it because they were not allowed access to the bathroom when they were picking up or delivering freight. It's ridiculous. It really is. Maybe this sort of legislation that we need here across, you know, Ontario and Canada too. I don't know. But anyways, um, it's too bad that, you know, when, when the, when the government has to, um, put it into legislation and make it law that, um, that you can use the washrooms. That's, that's pretty sad. It really is unbelievable. So, um, yeah, crazy. That that still, um, is going on. So, you know, the topic today is, you know, the, um, the risks of smoking. 
and I came across this article. Um, hey, how you doing this morning? I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. Yeah, so <clears throat> New Zealand. They are putting a lifetime ban on young people buying cigarettes imposed in New Zealand. In a world's first, New Zealand lawmakers have voted to ban the sale of cigarettes to anyone born on or after January the 1st, 2009. The unique plan to phase out tobacco smoking will remain the minimum age to buy cigarettes will go up by a year. So on or before 2009, right? So for an example, 50 years from now, Kiwis will need to show ID to prove they are at least 63 years old to buy a pack of cigarettes. The new tobacco regulations were passed on Tuesday and will go into effect in 2023. This means that anyone age 14, when the law comes into effect, will never be able to legally purchase tobacco. And the article goes on to say there is no good reason to allow a product to be sold that kills half the people that use it. It's true, ladies and gentlemen. Very, very true. Told lawmakers that New Zealand's parliament and to tell you that we will end this in the future as we pass legislation. Thousands of people will live longer, healthier lives, and the health system will be 5 billion better off from not needing to treat the illness caused by smoking, such as numerous types of cancer, heart attacks, strokes, amputation. New Zealand has stated it aims to be smoke-free by 2025. And as part of this new package of regulations, the number of retailers allowed to sell tobacco will drop to 600 from 6,000. And the amount of nicotine allowed in tobacco products will be reduced. Any level of nicotine is not good. It means nicotine will be reduced to non-addictive levels. I don't know how they're going to figure that one out, but and, and communities will be free from um, proliferation and clustering of retailers who target and sell tobacco products in certain areas. Now, they say that smoking um, rates uh, remain higher among uh, the indigenous um, in New Zealand, with about 20% reporting they smoked. The country has increased funding for health services and campaigns that encourage quitting smoking specifically, you know, in, in the Pacific communities. Now, the lawmakers in New Zealand voted along party lines in passing this legislation 76 to 43. That's pretty big. And the Libertarian Act Party, which opposed the bill, said many small corner store, uh, stores known, uh, known in New Zealand as dairies would go out of business because they would no longer be able to sell um, cigarettes. And, you know, that is a large, you know, portion, you know, um, of their income. So this one, this, uh, this um, Libertarian Act Party in New Zealand, they, they, they said we stand to oppose to this bill because it's a bad bill and it's bad policy. It's that straightforward and simple, right? So 
you know, it's like, you know, Canada and the United States, you know, there, you know, there are things, you know, out, out for, you know, consumers, for people who smoke that, you know, you, you can get the patch, you know, there's a pill that you can take, you know, um, other things that you can do, you know, to help yourself quit smoking if, if that's what you want to do. Right. <laughs> so the gradual ban, you know, she, so this, this person says that the gradual ban amounted to an anti-state uh, prohibition that would end up creating a large black market. And that is probably true, you know, just like uh, prohibition on alcohol back in the thirties. You know, that led to the black market. Al Capone, you know, uh, he was really the big guy when it came to um, still being able to sell alcohol on the black market during Prohibition and a lot of others. So the law does not affect vaping, which has already became more popular than smoking in New Zealand. Vaping is just as bad as smoking. Statistics in New Zealand reported last month that 8% of New Zealand adults smoked daily, down from 16% to 10 years ago. And meanwhile, 8.3% of adults vaped daily, up from less than 1% six years ago. Now, New Zealand already restricts cigarette sales to those aged 18 and over requires tobacco packs to come with graphic health warnings. Here in Canada, we have on our cigarette packs, graphic health warnings. And cigarettes to be sold in standardized packs. The country in recent years also imposed a series of hefty tax hikes on cigarettes. So have we here in Canada. The new law change was welcomed by several health agencies, of course, right? Health coalitions said the new law represents the, the uh, culmination of decades of hard-fought advocacy by health and community organizations. There's so many things that, you know, we can do, you know, as humans um that would benefit our health of what we eat of what we drink and smoke now scroll down to the from down here. So, now I'm the one to talk, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, I smoke and I've contemplated so many times of quitting smoking and stuff like that. It's an addiction. It really is. It's a bad addiction, right? And even when I say to myself, you know what, I'm just, you know, I'm going to cut back. I'm not going to, you know, not smoke as much and, and, and stuff like that and really not setting any realistic goals. You know, it makes it even harder to quit. Right? Smoking is linked to more than two dozen diseases and conditions including cancer, heart disease. Most of these start to reverse after you quit smoking. 
sometimes the benefits of quitting um, begin in a matter of hours. And health risks for people who smoke. So all people who smoke are at, are at an increased risk for problems with the heart and blood vessels, certain types of cancers, lung and respiratory problems, other health issues, premature death. Female smokers are also at increased risk for cancer of the cervix, problems with periods, menstrual problems, problems getting pregnant, premature deliveries, having a low birth weight baby. Male smokers are also at, at, at an increased risk for problems with erections, impotence, erectile dysfunctions. Every day, 100 Canadians die of a smoking-related illness. The good news, life expectancy improves after you quit. Now, cigar and pipe smokers experience the same types of health problems as cigarette smokers. Smokeless tobacco, including chewing tobacco, also contains many of the same harmful and addictive sub substances as cigarettes, pipes, and cigars. Smokeless tobacco is a major cause of cancer of the mouth and throat. It can also cause serious dental health problems, including receding gums, tooth loss, discolored teeth, and gums. Of more than 4,000 chemicals found in tobacco smoke, hundreds are toxic, including hydrogen, cyanide, lead, acetone, arsenic, formaldehyde, and at least 70 of these chemicals are known to cause cancer. And people wouldn't think about, you know, Oh, secondhand smoke. You know, back, um, well, let me say this. Here in Canada, I mean, all across Canada, except, now it may have changed, I don't know, um, when it comes to um, the indigenous people, their territory, their land that they that they are living on, they mean, you know, when it comes to smoking. See, here in Canada, we cannot smoke in any public building. We cannot smoke around playgrounds that children access. Right? And that, you know, in, including restaurants, bars, movie theaters, and so on. No smoking allowed indoors, except for your own home, if you smoke. You cannot smoke while you have a child in the car as under the age of 19. And the secondhand smoke Secondhand smoke is the combination of smoke coming directly from a burning tobacco product and the smoke exhaled by a person smoking. I mean, back in, you know, we go back, you know, 40s, 50s, and 60s, and 70s, you know, people smoked everywhere. Smoked in bars, restaurants, movie theaters. Smoked in the cars with the kids in the back seat and all this stuff like that. There was no law of where you could not where you couldn't could not smoke people exposed to secondhand smoke are at are at they are at an increased risk for heart problems lung cancer breathing problems like more severe asthma excessive coughing throat irritation premature death they might as well just be smoking the cigarette themselves. Children exposed to secondhand smoke are increased risk for respiratory illness, 
more frequent and more severe asthma attacks among children with asthma, ear infections, phlegm wheezing, uh, breathlessness, decreased level of lung function, and children are especially at risk from secondhand smoke because their breathing, respiratory, and immune systems are still developing. And when it comes to pregnant women, exposed to secondhand smoke during pregnancy are at increased risk of problems with their health and the health of their unborn baby. They are also at increase of risk of, of having a low birth weight baby. And infants that are exposed to secondhand smoke or whose mother smoked during pregnancy are at increased risk for sudden infant death syndrome also known as SIDS. It's not just people who smoke who are at risk. Breathing in secondhand smoke causes over 800 deaths in Canadian non-smokers from lung cancer and heart disease every single year. So what can we do? Oh, there's another thing. There is not even allowed any advertisement of any tobacco products here in Canada. In the display behind the counter in the store where tobacco is sold, all the tobacco products are behind sliding doors or in drawers and not in view. So what can you do to protect your health and the health of everyone around you? Well, the best solution is to quit smoking. Easier said than done. Keep your home and car 100% smoke free. And if you're pregnant, quit smoking and stay away from secondhand smoke. Limit your smoking to places where others aren't exposed to you to your, your smoke. Don't smoke around children, pregnant women, and people with heart or breathing problems. So... You know, the benefits of quitting smoking, lots of benefits of quitting smoking. Quitting smoking may improve the length and quality of your life. May improve. They're not going to say definitely going to improve it. It says may improve the length and quality of your life. When you give up cigarettes, your body starts to renew itself as early as the first day of quitting. You may live longer. So they put, they word it this way that you may live longer because we don't know how long anybody's going to live. And to, reduce your, and to reduce your chance of developing heart disease, cancer, breathing problems, and infections, right? So to reduce your chance doesn't say that it's going to completely stop you or prevent you from getting heart disease, cancer, or breathing problems. Health benefits of quitting, you will start seeing health benefits soon after you smoke your last cigarette. After quitting, within 20 minutes, your blood pressure drops to a level similar to what it was before your last cigarette. Eight hours, the level of carbon monoxide or toxic gas in your blood drops to normal. 24 hours, your risk of having a heart attack starts to drop. Two weeks to three months, the airways in your lungs relax 
and you can get more air into your lungs and breathe easier. One to nine months, you cough less and your lungs work even better. One year after you have quit smoking, your, your added risk of coronary heart disease is half than that of a smoker. Five years, you have the same chance of having a stroke as a non-smoker. 10 years, your chance of dying from lung cancer is much lower. No, you didn't connect. That's okay. So 10 years, your chance of dying from lung cancer is much lower. I'm not saying you're not going to die from it. So your chance of getting cancer in your mouth, throat, bladder, kidney, and your pancreas. See, smoking affects pretty much every organ in your body. After 15 years of quitting smoking, your, your risk of coronary heart disease is, sim is similar to that of a non-smoker. You know, and the health benefits of quitting are the same of, for all types of smokers, men, women, young and old. And by quitting, you will lower the chance that people around you will, um, will have so the health benefits of quitting are the same of all types of smokers, men, women, young and old. And by quitting, you will lower the chance that people around you will have problem, health problems from secondhand smoke. Even those who have developed smoking related problems like heart disease can benefit compared to continuing to smoke. So people who quit smoking after having a heart attack may reduce their chances of having another heart attack by as much as 50%. And for women who are pregnant, the sooner you quit, the better for you and your baby. Now, other benefits that they have here, there are many other benefits of quitting smoking. Think of the money you will save on cigarettes and tobacco products. Well, let's do a little bit of math here. This will just take me just a couple of seconds just to get into my phone here for a calculator. Go to the calculator here. So right now for a pack of 20, for yeah, so a small pack of 20 cigarettes, it cost, um, let's say $14. It's pretty damn close to four. So it's like 13, 13.85 for a pack of 20 miles. I'll just say $14, right? If you smoke a pack a day, okay? Pack a day, $14 times seven days. I'll just say, this is $98. So we'll just round it up to $100 a week. So $100 a week times four weeks, sorry. Yeah, um, times four weeks, so that's $400 a month times 12 months, 4,800 a year, $4,800 a year. $14 a pack. A large pack of cigarettes is over $15. It's so something like $15.50 for 25 for a pack of 25. Your life insurance and house insurance premiums may go down. Smoking cigarettes will no longer, con will no longer control your life. You know, because, you know, people, you know, they smoke because, you know, they're stressed. Um, they maybe, you know, they enjoy a cigarette, um, with an alcohol beverage. Um, they enjoy a cigarette, um, after a meal, 
um, or just whatever it, it, it may be, or just that, you know, you just got to have something to keep your hands busy. You won't have to search for places that let you smoke. Well, there's no place here in Ontario and across Canada that indoor places that let you smoke. And you'll feel proud of yourself and your ability to overcome something so challenging. And it is challenging. It's a serious addiction. Former smokers may live longer than those who continue to smoke. People who quit around age 50 may reduce their risk of dying prematurely. Gaining about six years of life expectancy over those who continue to smoke. You're, you know, quitting smoking or you're deciding to quit. You've contemplated it, you know, you're, you know, just whatever thinking, yeah, you know, I need, I really need to smoke and I really, sorry, I really need to quit, quit smoking. Whether you're thinking about it or you've already decided to quit smoking, prepare for success by reading about what to expect. You have the power to make it happen. You know, we have, you know, we have addictions, you know, whether it's tobacco, alcohol, drugs, narcotics, painkillers. You know, these are things that um, to quit. Um, it's not easy, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's not. Reasons people smoke, I, you know, I mentioned some reason why people smoke. So every, everyone has their own reasons for smoking. Smoke as a result of a habit or addiction or both. Like how it makes you look and feel i don't know how it makes me look and feel probably makes me look like an idiot cigarette in my mouth i mean it has became you know frowned upon in society really if you're a smoker feel like it helps you to relax or boost your energy it's a depressant it doesn't boost your energy Thinks it gives you time to yourself. Feel smoking helps you, helps you uh, control your weight. Smoking could be, could also be something that you share with others or for other personal reasons. Whatever you feel smoking gives you, you likely already know that it takes away much more. Smoking is deadly, killing half of all people who smoke daily over the long term. It can lead to serious chronic diseases and drastically impact your health and life. Is it too late to quit? It's never too late. And in fact, people of all ages experience immediate and long-term health benefits from quitting smoking. People who have smoked for many years, just as those who started more recently, can reap the health and financial benefits of quitting. And we talked about this already, benefits of quitting. Quitting smoking is the single best thing you can do to improve your life and health. You can start by seeing health benefits soon after your last cigarette. And we went through this as 20 minutes, the eight hours, the 24 hours, all the way up to 15 years. 
financial benefits of quitting. When we did that, I just showed you just basically at, at, at a pack of cigarettes at $14. If you have doubts about quitting and what you may be worried about, how hard it might be, failing, reactions from friends or families who still smoke, giving giving up time for yourself, gaining weight, losing part of who you are. Smoking doesn't make me anybody. I'm just me. That's who I am. The prospect of dealing with nicotine withdrawal symptoms or changing your routine can be an additional source of stress. On the other hand, worrying about the impact that smoking has on your health or that your family and friends can also be very stressful. Having doubts about quitting is natural, but smoking itself also causes stress. Nicotine causes your heart rate and blood pressure to rise, adding more stress to your body. We have stress. Everybody has stress in their life. We have some form or some level of stress in our everyday lives. Nobody can say they've never had stress. There is no single way to cope with stress because everyone is different. And here are some suggestions. Find someone you can talk to about stressful situations and, and, and discuss solutions. Relax by listening to soft music, reading a, a good book, doing yoga, or taking a walk. Give yourself regular rewards to celebrate your accomplishments. Maintain a healthy diet. Become more physically active to help re to release the body's natural calming chemicals, the endorphins, and to promote better sleep. I don't, I, one thing I do not have an issue with is sleeping. My average night of sleep is seven hours. Want to quit smoking, but are worried about stress being or being stressed? You don't have to be alone. Talk to a talk to a quit coach, support group, or loved one. See these, you know, you know, taking all this and reading and stuff like this, and me thinking about, you know, you know, contemplating about quitting smoking. Of course, there's all kinds of ways of of of, of doing it. It's just getting to that point to say, "Yep, yeah, today, you know what." I'm done. Sexual health and, fertur and, and fertur uh, fertility. Over time, smoking affects your, your nervous um, endoxin, your hormones and vascular system in ways that can affect sexual function and fertility. Males who smoke are twice as likely to experience erectile dysfunction or impotence. Don't have that problem yet. Cigarettes may cause sexual impotence due to increased blood flow to the penis. This can also prevent you from having an erection. There's Viagra for that. However, it is possible to fully or partially recover erectile dysfunction by quitting smoking or Viagra. <laughs> I, I was just, you know how hard it was not to laugh. I was just, yeah, I shouldn't do that. <laughs> By quitting smoking, females can reduce their risk. Painful and irregular uh, men, uh, men, uh, menstruations, infertility, early uh, menopause since, uh, symptoms. You know, men go through menopause too. It's a different form of menopause, obviously. It reduces the risk of miscarriage, uh, miscarriage, pregnancy complications, and pre in pre uh, uh, mature uh, birth, and of course, um, SIDS. Quitting smoking before the first uh, 
prenatal visit can reduce your risk of complication during pregnancy to the same levels of those of a person who don't smoke. And although quitting early in pregnancy is better, quitting later in pregnancy still benefits your own health, your fetus health, and the health of your newborn. And for women, the risk of having a, a preterm baby, stillbirth, spontaneous abortion, or a low birth weight baby, the chances of a newborn having infections or sudden infant death syndrome, also known as SIDS, the chance of passing on the harmful chemicals from cigarettes to your baby through your breast milk, because it goes everywhere in your body. The chances of your child having a long-term memory and learning problems. You know, so many things um, that tobacco smoke, the harmful and deadly things smoking causes and then, of course, reaping the be the benefits when you quit. There's no pros and cons here. Well, the con is dying. I guess there is pros and cons here because the con is dying. And the pros are, are living longer. You know, I mean, we all want to try to live as long as we possibly can. Right? Well, there, there's, no, there's no way of telling our life expectancy. I mean, they say, you know, an, an average normal healthy human being, a male, the average life expect, uh, expectancy is 82. We're living longer. Look at, you know, look at the queen. She lived to be 96. People are well living into their 90s. We still have war veterans from the, from the Second World War who are well into their mid-90s. What are they doing in their life? I have no idea. Did they smoke? I don't know. Did they drink? Probably. It's how, it's how we eat, too. Obese, obesity, overweight. People are afraid to gain weight if they quit smoking. They don't want to gain weight. There's no telling how much weight you're going to gain if you quit smoking. Diet is so important in our everyday in our everyday eating from what we eat for breakfast, what we eat for lunch, what we eat for dinner and what we snack on later. You know, it's just, there's, there's a lot of things. Now, yesterday I was uh, talking about, um, gun laws and the comparison between gun laws in the United States. Here in Canada, you know, we do not have the right to bear arms. It is not in our charter of rights and freedoms. That is the United States. That is, that is enshrined in their constitution, the right to bear arms. So what is going on here in Canada, just recently it came uh, into effect, uh, I think it was in October, um, the ban 
on all handguns. So the ban, so for handguns, the ban will bar anyone from buying, selling, or transferring handguns within Canada, and it will stop people from bringing new handguns into the country. Now, what this this Bill C-21, you know, legal gun owners are upset. Sports shooters, hunters, you know, they feel that they're the ones who are being targeted. Nobody's being targeted here. Yes, here in Canada, we've had experienced gun violence. We have experienced mass shootings. Whether it comes from a handgun or it comes from a shotgun, comes from an assault rifle. Bill C-21 um, they made some um, last minute um, amendments and what that is I'm pretty sure I still have it here because I really don't delete anything um, so, um, mm -mm, where did it go here? Canada bans all handgun sales. Um, mm, oh, here we go. The amendments. So BC 21 B. So the C 20, so the, the bill C 21. So. You know, we're, this this is this is like this is how this starts. So the 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 the, 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 the liberal federal government brought forward several proposed amendments to its gun control legislation, Bill C twenty one, in late November, which could potentially lead to many rifles and shotguns commonly used for hunting prohibited. So one major change in the proposed amendments would add a definition of assault style firearms. Now, this is, this is the, the change, one of the other changes that they, they, they want to do with Bill C-21 is that the Canadian law would also include a clause to ban any long gun, meaning a rifle, capable of accepting a detachable magazine able to hold more than five rounds of ammunition, i.e. an assault rifle, or any other rifle that is capable of accepting a detachable magazine will be banned. But then of course, the gun association, you know, hunters, sports shooters, you know, they all now they feel that their back has been pushed against the wall and it's targeting them. Nobody should. I mean, what, what are you going to use? What are you going to use your your what are you going to use an assault rifle to go hunting? Do you need a magazine? That holds more than five bullets, more than five bullets to go hunting. No, you don't. Somehow this is a problem, according to this individual with the bill. And even before the proposed amendments were dropped on the on the table on the eleventh hour, he feels that this these amendments are a backhanded, undemocratic approach approach by the Liberal government. A bunch of firearms meant for hunting and farmers protect the property and sports shooters, these are important activities. But they don't need a magazine 
capable of holding more than five bullets and they don't need uh, a, like a rifle that is capable of take of, or accepting a, uh, a detachable magazine. Now, this, B, this Bill C-21 was initially meant to ban handguns in a bid to reduce violent gun crimes. But critics say the proposed changes are a significant departure from the original intentions. Well, this, the original intentions is just what I said. So I was watching, you know, I was watching this, uh, this, this, uh, this video uh, last night and... Um, I don't know how many times. I, I mean, I, I think I think I lost count of how many times she said our rights. And she's and she's talking about and she's talking about Bill C twenty one. So, uh, and so I'm sitting here listening to this and um, like I said, here in Canada, we do not have the right to bear arms. It is a privilege. You have to you know, it, you know, yesterday too, you know, I, I talked about um, the, the uh, comparison to um, Canada. The Canadian laws, a comparison of gun laws in the United States and Canada right uh <clears throat> gun purchase uh waiting period here in Canada <clears throat> okay so <clears throat> both Canadian and American laws allow residents to purchase a gun but both countries have different processes in Canada there is a 60-day waiting period after the purchase of a gun. So you have your so you you so you have your gun license. So you pass the test, you pass the written test, and you pass the practical test. Now you're going to go purchase a gun. You have to wait 60 days. And this period gives the government time to conduct a background check confirming the individual's legal status to purchase a gun. In the United States, so the United States does not have a waiting period. American residents can purchase a gun once a background check has been completed. In the background checks, the Canadian government must conduct a background check on individuals who apply for a gun license and who buy a gun from any type of retailer. The checks involve a verification of the individual's mental health and addictions. The background check um, agents will also communicate with the applicant's spouse and family. And while the United States government performs federal background checks, unplanned legitimate uh, transactions, an example, gun shows, will not be looked into. License and registrations. A safety course is mandatory if a Canadian resident wants to own a gun. They must pass both sections of the exam, like I said, with the uh, which is composed 
of a written in a practical experience section. And that license expires five years after the exam. We have bans on automatic weapons. We cannot own automatic weapons. Handguns are now are banned. Any modified handgun, rifle, or shotgun. So when we talk about a, a rifle that is capable of accepting a, a, a cartridge of more than five bullets is what the government is doing. It's not banning your, so these hunters or, or the, the, these gun activists and stuff like that, we're not banning you from owning a shotgun, meaning a 12 gauge or a 22 or a 410. The rifles that are capable of accepting a cartridge that holds more than five bullets. So this lady, so I was watching, so, so I was watching this, this YouTube video, this lady, you know, she's talking about the Bill C-21. I mean, she doesn't even look like she's like, I don't think she even owns a gun. Right? Like I said, I don't know how many times she said our rights, our rights, our rights. Because we don't have the right to bear arms. here in Canada. Simple as that. So when we talk about the comparisons, you know, between Canada and the United States, Canadian residents cannot own automatic weapons, semi-automatic weapons, any modified handgun, rifle, or shotgun, and most semi-automatic weapons. You know, so, you know, in terms of the American law, the United States license registration laws vary from state to state. So it's more difficult, you know, to directly compare them with Canadian federal laws. But many states have no such requirements that Canada has, and there are no mandatory um, courses or exams. And in fact, and this is, I don't know how many times, you know, I repeat myself, and in fact, there is no fundamental right to possess firearms in Canada. None whatsoever. We do not have the right to bear arms. So I don't know what the gun owners, the legal gun owners, and gun activists are complaining about. Just like a driver's license. It's not a right. Just because you turn 16, it's not a right to get a driver's license. Oh, I'm 16 now. I have the right to get a driver's license. No, you don't. It's a privilege. And just like anything else that is a privilege can be taken away from you. If you're going to abuse it, you're going to lose it. I think that when I was watching this video and stuff like that, I mean, I, she, she needed to do a little bit of homework. She actually needed to go through the Charter of Rights and Freedoms here in Canada because you can go through everything. There is nowhere in any section or any subsection to any section that we have the right to bear arms in Canada. Nowhere in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms does it say that. Nowhere. So if they want to bitch and complain about gun laws in this country. Too bad. But do you know what I have, ladies and gentlemen? I have the right to be safe. I have the right to feel safe. It's like every Canadian.
our police agencies, our security agencies do the best they can every single day to take unlawful weapons off our streets in the hand, out of the hands of criminals. In, in increasing the penalties on gun violence. If gun owners in this country don't like the laws, don't buy a goddamn gun then. Because you don't need a gun in a magazine capable of holding more than five rounds in your possession. Well, I want to thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me this morning, this fine Sunday morning. It's a little bit chilly out this morning. We got a light dusting of snow overnight here in southern Ontario, not like other parts of Ontario. You know, as, as, as the system, you know, the system came through um, Thursday morning and here in Southern Ontario, it was a, it was an ice storm. And as that system moved further east and, and the winds picking up and, and got colder and colder and the moisture, it dumped a lot of snow on other eastern cities. But here, you know, in, in the city of London, Ontario, where I reside, it was a skating rink out there Thursday morning. I mean, you could literally put a pair of skates on and play ice hockey on the road. But this morning here, we got a little light dusting of, of snow on the ground. And we're only a week away from Christmas. Whether even this little bit sticks around, I have no idea. You know, it's just everything's different. Everything's changed. And, you know, last year we didn't have any snow for Christmas. But anyway, it is what it is. So but I want to thank you for joining me this morning. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, have a safe week. And uh, we will get back together, of course, again on, uh, well, I'm hoping to do a show Friday night because I really, you know, Saturday is Christmas Eve day and, you know, people are traveling over the holidays. People are going to have family, even, you know, getting there to your relatives, you know, Christmas Eve day, then Christmas Eve, Christmas morning, you know, I'm not going to be doing a show because it's Christmas and it's time for you your family, you know, to be together and and celebrate however you celebrate Christmas. <clears throat> so I like to try to get a show in, in Friday evening. And that's why I'm, I am going to put it up on Podbean, as I always do. And, and I'm going to put it up for Friday evening. Because um, even Saturday on the 24th, you know, I'm probably going to have some last minute things to do. So, and then Christmas Eve, I'm not doing a show. Christmas Day, I'm not doing the show. Day after Christmas, yes, I will do a show. So, until Friday evening, enjoy the rest, like I say, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy your rest of your week and be safe. And thank you for joining me this morning. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. Take care, be safe, 